I have spent my entire adult life looking for ways to even the odds to help people have a chance to get ahead, to find the ways for each child to live up to his or her God-given potential. I'm fighting for all Americans, not just some, for the struggling, the striving, and the successful. No matter who you are, what you look like, what faith you practice, or who you love, I am fighting for you. I'm fighting for everyone who's ever been knocked down but refused to be knocked out. I'm going to fight until every little girl in America knows she can grow up to be anything she wants, even President of the United States. church taught her to do all the good you can for all the people you can for as long as you can after law school she could have joined a high-priced law firm but instead she worked to reform juvenile justice in south carolina exposed racism in alabama schools registered latino voters in texas and provided legal aid to families in arkansas her life's work has been about breaking barriers and so would her presidency. Which is why for every American who's not being paid what they're worth, who's held back by student debt or a system tilted against them, and there are far too many of you, she understands that our country can't reach its potential unless we all do. Together, a stronger country. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen of America. And if you're wondering where you have arrived to, and is this your final destination? I guarantee you tonight, you've arrived at Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. Tonight, we take a sincere look at Madam President, hopefully, Secretary Clinton or Senator Clinton. Whichever fits your fancy tonight, we shine the light on Hillary Clinton a diplomat and a champion for America's issues. Folks, hang on to your seats. Buckle in. Spotlight on Capitol Hill kicks off right now. And there you have it, folks. We are excited here at AJC Radio Studio. I'm Lamont Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and the entire AJC radio team, and I'll tell you, Lisa, tonight is a humdinger as we get ready to deal with the champion in Hillary Clinton, uh, the presidential candidate. And I'll tell you what, she has a huge resume of successes here in America. Absolutely, she does. And it's so wonderful to see women moving in the way that she is. It's just, it's, uh, it's an awesome thing to watch, and I'm looking forward to doing this show tonight. Absolutely. And before we get too excited... Lisa, the disclaimer for our listeners, please. We just want to remind everyone that we are not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide legal advice. You'll need to contact your personal legal advisor for all of your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC Radio. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in and spending some of your evening with us. And thank you for that, Lisa. And as I said here tonight, uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, we're going to shine the light on her uh, not only is a presidential candidate, Secretary of State, 
um, New York senator, uh, just go down the list. Not only has she made an impact in America, uh, but I'll tell you around the globe as Secretary of State, uh, and we're going to hear some clips, actually, of her talking, other people talking about the good things that she offers this country, Dennis. And I'll tell you what, she seems to be completely full-rounded when it comes to a resume. It doesn't get any more impressive than this. And that is true. I mean, she's all about the people. And I tell you, you've got to be about the people. If you, you're planning on being the president of the United States, it can't be about different uh, sections. It's got to be about everybody. And uh, her, uh, she's proven that that's what she's about. And, Cliff, as we've talked uh, as well, uh, if you remember correctly, Lisa and Cliff, on our uh, uh, last trip to D.C., Congresswoman Bass spoke very well of Hillary Clinton and made the statement, which I didn't know about it, probably a lot of the American people don't know, that she has been involved in foster care initiatives. Yes. Uh, involved even now. Even, she said, as, as Secretary of State, she took time to work with children in the foster care system and does it faithfully to this day. Cliff, your thoughts on that, and, and what's your thoughts about this show tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, ever since, you know, if you look at back at her career where she started since 1970, she got her first grant to uh, work for the Children's Defense Fund. So it's always been a uh, serious passion of hers uh, from the time, you know, that she used to babysit kids when, when she was young, babysitting younger kids and, and watching the families that uh, may have been a little less fortunate than her. But, uh, you know, those children found a place in their heart. And, and her career has proven that she's always done everything that she that she could for him. And, uh, you know, up until now, campaigning for president, uh, got to look at her. Look at her record. Look at her career says that Hillary Clinton is about people. No, without question. And those are things that uh, we're going to shine the light on tonight uh, as we look at her legacy uh, as she has uh, as she uh, categorized it. Uh, she's broken that. She's basically broken through that glass ceiling to be the first woman nominee of a major party for president of the United States in American history. This is the first time, uh, Dennis, that a woman, uh, I don't know if we're having this discussion 10 years ago, and if America, at least, I mean, America should always be ready, whether it's male or female, but uh, uh, as society would have it. Uh, we're at a different point right now. Barack Obama, first African-American president, elected twice overwhelmingly uh, to the White House. And uh, now we have the nominee in Hillary Clinton. And uh, I tell you that this is making history uh, that is uh, that's indefinite. Yes, and it definitely looks like it's going to happen. I mean, I tell you, uh, with, with her her campaigning, I mean, she's really hitting the issues, the issues about, you know, fairness, equality about looking out for everybody, you know, not just looking out for the rich, you know, but looking out for the middle class, the poor. And I tell you, uh, if she keeps this campaign going like this, it's going to be awesome. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, November's a few months, less than 80, 80 something, 80, I think it's 86 days away from Election Day. And I'll tell you, we'll see what happens tonight. We're going to just take a look. And uh, by no means, we're not telling you who to vote for. Uh, we're simply saying Hillary Rodham Clinton has made an impact on our nation, and uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to shine the light on anyone that's, that's doing the things that she is doing, and she just happens to be the presidential nominee uh, for the Democratic Party, and we're going to get into that here shortly. And uh, folks, you want to uh, join in the conversation tonight, please dial in to 347-838-8976. 
And that's 347-838-8976. And we're going to have uh, more discussion on this here uh, shortly. Please feel free to call in. What are your thoughts uh, about, at the end of the day, whether you like uh, Hillary Clinton or you don't, one thing you can't argue with is her history, and she is a diplomat of this country. Uh, and at the end of the day, again, regardless of what side you may be on, one thing you can't take away from her is her due diligence and her work over the last 40 years in public service. It speaks volumes, Dennis, and it's just something that they absolutely cannot be ignored. And that is so true. I mean, she's done so much. I mean, I tell you, if you're really looking for you're looking at someone that's been there, done that, uh, that, that's 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 Hillary. I mean, uh, she is doing a great job. She's done a great job, and we're looking forward to see what else she's got planned. And if, again, like you said, hey, if she makes it to the White House, then hey, I'll tell you, I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good run. No, absolutely. And we're we're gonna get to that, folks, here momentarily. Let's go to some current news right now. Uh, the United States Olympic swimming uh, team, a couple of its players. Uh, actually have basically disgraced the United States uh, in a very unusual way in Rio down there. Uh, Cliff, uh, uh, come to find out that a couple of swimmers down there made a story up that they had been robbed at gunpoint uh, by uh, folks posing as officers in Rio, uh, Brazil. Um, not a good look. Yeah, and that's, that's a real unfortunate. I mean, you know, Rio did everything that they could you know, to be selected to hold the Olympics. They went through a lot of, you know, uh, international scrutiny, politics and everything to get that pulled off. And then, uh, you know, you have a couple of the uh, Olympians, you know, and they happen to be from America. But I think it, I think it's disgraceful what they did. Uh, they caused a serious up world, uproar in the entire Olympic committee, the entire world to, uh, you know, try to disgrace Brazil, but, um, you know, such is life, I suppose. You always got a couple bad apples, but they're going to be missing those endorsements, I can tell you that. Well, yeah, it's a bad situation, and again, these choices, uh, you know, you got you, no matter how much you say it, uh, your choices matter. They affect, you're talking about this is on the worldwide stage, yeah, yeah. Uh, all over the world, and uh, you can go to CNN.com, read more about that story. But the latest story, Cliff, uh, that is really big-time news, at least for what we do and what we're looking for, is the Justice Department to end the use of private prisons, uh, and that speaks volumes on the number of people that will be released from federal and state prisons. Your thoughts on that story, Cliff? We discussed it prior to coming on air. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it on the face, they were they're saying they're closing down a lot of the state prisons, going to uh, shuffle some of the inmates to federal prison, talking about basically, uh, you know, cutting the the head count in federal prisons by a half. You're talking about a, a real close to a hundred thousand people that they're looking at looking at letting out of prison. Uh, and two, by, two, by mid-2017, so a year from now. And what it, what it shows you is that, you know, how just insane the American prison system is that when they do the research, they say, you know what, we need to let half of these people out. Because half of them, you know, with the, uh, the, the war on drugs laws, uh, people that, that never committed a crime, uh, you know, people who are there with sentences that are just incredibly insanely too long so they come to the conclusion that you know we need to let half of these people out i mean it's great on one hand on the other hand it shows the uh 
the injustice and just the just the out of control way that the American justice system is is being run. Well, it says here, according to CNN.com, uh, states here, and this is CNNMoney.com, effective immediately, the Justice Department will seek to reduce and ultimately end the use of privately operated prisons. Contracts with private prisons, uh, excuse me, private prisons operators are not even being renewed, or they are being scaled back dramatically. The announcement Thursday only impacts the 195,000 inmates in federal prisons, a small portion of America's 2.2 million incarcerated adult prisoners. Uh, there's also no impact on private immigration detention facilities since those follow the Department of Homeland Security and not uh, DOJ. Still, advocates for prison reform believe this could be the beginning of the end for private prisons. Wall Street appears to agree. The stocks of two of the largest private prison operators fell dramatically after the Washington Post reported the news, and that would be Corrections Corporation of America lost 40% of its value Thursday. And the GO group also slumped about 40%. Well, I mean, we did a show on those two corporations before uh, they just proliferate the, um, you know, school to prison pipeline, the prison as a, um, you know, just as, as big business. I mean, when you can when you can write a contract and say to the uh, state to the, um, you know, uh, the prisons that are private, we guarantee you a headcount. Something needs to be done, and I commend DOJ uh, for doing it. And um, those two corporations for private prisons, yeah, they'll they'll they're billion dollar corporations. They'll find some other way to make some money. Yeah, I, I truly think it's a good thing. Also, uh, Lamont, I mean, again, uh, as Cliff alluded to, it, it was nothing but big business. It's uh, a, a means to you know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll you make sure you can fill the beds. We'll provide the beds and. It's all about a dollar, and 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 that you, you know you got people in prison that shouldn't be in prison as it is, uh, with the in lieu of the recent uh, the mass amount of uh, exoneration. Hey, it's a good thing that they're getting rid of these uh, private private prisons. I think it's a good thing. Absolutely, and uh, folks, you go to CNN.com, MoneyCNN.com, and read more about that story as it it continues uh, to affect a lot of people. We'll be watching that very closely because uh, a lot of folks are going to be affected by that. Ladies and gentlemen, the other side of this break. Guess what? Go in the kitchen, grab a cup of coffee. Right now in Colorado Springs, appears to be a little cloudy out there today. And, but it is summertime, and it is winding down. Uh, get on the porch tonight. Enjoy the sunset wherever you might be. And I'll tell you what, folks, hang in with us this evening as we get ready to shine the spotlight. What do you say, Lisa? What adjective to you do you give uh, in regards to, to uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton, presidential candidate, champion for children. The list goes on and on. And tonight, AJC Radio will deal with that on this special edition, Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday, where we shine the light on presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Folks, we're coming right back. We'll see you in a moment. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that. Life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with. Especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. 
By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today. 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room, to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. Sergeant Michelle Garcia served meritoriously in Iraq and has the medals to prove it. Soon after leaving the Navy, Lieutenant Chris Scott found a job, a home, and started a family of his own. Corpsman Richard Stokely took the skills he learned in Vietnam and put them to good use as a paramedic. But soon after leaving the military, each of these veterans fell on hard times and faced homelessness. Even after Michelle lost all her savings, even after Chris wasn't able to pay his mortgage, and even after Richard battled alcoholism for years, they each reached out for help when they needed it most. A simple phone call put them in touch with a trained professional from the Department of Veterans Affairs. That call got Michelle a place to stay until she could afford one of her own, put Chris in touch with employment assistance, and found Richard a substance abuse program. These veterans are success stories not only for how they were able to help others while serving their country, but for how they were able to let others help them. If you know of or are a veteran in need, make the call. You must have thrown a thousand pitches teaching him to hit a home run. Spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver. Endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer. But how much time have you spent teaching him? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen of America. This is Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday, and this is a very special spotlight as we shine the light tonight on Secretary Clinton, uh, New York Senator Clinton, of course, all those positions she no longer occupies. But I'll tell you right now, folks, Hillary Rodham Clinton uh, is a young lady that has made an impact on this nation, not only for yesterday but also for tomorrow, for the little girls that are out there tonight striving for a better tomorrow or fulfilling the American dream and realizing there are no barriers that can block you. Uh, that is huge. As we said, uh, 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 Secretary Clinton has made history, becoming the first woman nominee in a major party in the history of this country. And uh, we're going to get into that uh, spotlight tonight. You're going to have some different clips of other folks. Uh, talking well, the, uh, pro, uh, including President Obama, who folks are coming out endorsing her. And Cliff, when you think about it, when you hear all of these endorsements, uh, I'll tell you what, the endorsements speak very clearly, uh, that there are people that believe sincerely uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the work of, of Secretary Clinton. 
And that I'll tell you what is, and as, the more you get into that conversation, uh, it, it makes you really feel excited, uh, Dennis. Really uh, about what lies ahead for this country. I guess for if nothing, if it didn't, if it didn't go a day past today, uh, a huge amount of uh, uh, impact has been made. That's true. Her concern for uh, you know the children, the military. I mean, I'm telling you, she's she's truly. Uh, like you said earlier, a people person, and, and in order to fulfill those those shoes of the president, she's going to have to do that. But right now, she's doing it. I mean, she's really looking out. She's getting involved. Uh, she's she's got a lot of initiatives. She was a part of a lot of initiatives, and we're going to talk about that, you know, later on in the show. But yeah, she's doing she's she's doing great cool. things. Oh, absolutely. And uh, uh, we lost Cliff there for a moment on technical difficulties. Uh, I think we got Cliff back. Cliff, your thoughts on Secretary Clinton? and the impact that is being made uh, in this country right now. Well, yeah, all those who know her politically that uh, know her background, that's why they come out and endorse her. I mean, you look back, like I said, from the 70s, she started the Child Care Initiative. Uh, you know, she was the first one to, to uh, look at the initiative for, for uh, you know, medical insurance for everybody. And even though she didn't get that passed the way that she wanted to as First Lady, it uh, they say that the most successful component of her tenure as, as first lady was initiating the children's health insurance program mm -hmm. in 1997, where the kids of uh, parents who couldn't afford insurance, she got those children insured. I mean, you look at it, you say, okay, the kids who were born in 1997, uh, they have, they got insurance because she pushed it because of her uh, caring, her commitment to uh, the children of America. And that's why, you know, when you when you hear people, uh, you know, say these things about her that, you know, well, she doesn't care. She's a hard person. I, I really don't get it, because when you look back at what she did at what she has done in the last 40, 45 years in office, uh, you know, or, or just her her voluntary work, it says that this is a person who cares about the children. I mean, she went after uh, funding for for the the uh, veterans. When they got uh, exposed to Agent Orange, she has been out there stomping for the American people for the last 45 years. And, and uh, you know, you can do nothing but commend her for it. No, no, absolutely, Cliff. And I'll tell you what, folks, uh, and, and to that point of the children where she was able to provide insurance, we're talking over 8 million children. Exactly. Think of that number, ladies and gentlemen. And, and she pursued... Uh, the Health Care Reform Act, when she was first lady, was actually working on uh, the health care uh, reform uh, of America. And, of course, she got shot down. They didn't, they didn't let her do it. They fought her tooth and nail. And I think it speaks to a lot of what President Obama said, that she has, he has never seen her give up on anything. Right. And coming from the roots and getting out, she could have, you know, coming out of law school, she could have did a lot of things. You know what I mean? She could have went and did a, to large law firms and, and did whatever she wanted. She chose public service. Uh, and it speaks a lot. If you hear her, Lisa, talk about her mother, her mother was a tough, uh, a tough woman that, that made her understand that life is tough. And I believe it gave her the, the, the courage, if you will, and the, the, the uh, persistence and the perseverance to pursue justice and to pursue the right thing, especially when it's dealt with, 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 uh, uh, her fellow man. Yeah, I believe that's true. I believe, I mean, every person out there who is, who has any type of strength or ha is able to stand someone behind, there's someone in their past who taught them 
the right way to do things. She taught them how to be strong and how to move forward, and she's done it uh, tremendously well. No, absolutely, and I'm telling you, she really, and this is what people are seeing a lot of, uh, that she is really, really about family. Uh, we're going to play a, a clip talking about Hillary Clinton uh, and that she, without question, is family strong. Her parents abandoned her when she was just eight years old. She was mistreated, but she never gave up. And she taught me to do the same. My mom's life and what she went through are big reasons why standing up for kids and families became such a big part of my life. After law school, she could have gone to a big firm, but instead went to work for the Children's Defense Fund. In Arkansas, she fought for school reform to change lives forever. Then as First Lady, she helped get health care for 8 million kids. You probably know the rest. The Senator who made sure the heroes and families of 9-11 got the care they needed. The Secretary of State who joined the cabinet of the man who defeated her. Because when your president calls, you serve. And now a new title, Grandma. I believe that when families are strong, America is strong. It's your time. And there you have it. Uh, Dennis, when you hear that, uh, there are some people that are motivated in lifelong impacts made by Secretary Clinton. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, people seem to be motivated more than we probably know about Secretary Clinton. It's awesome. I mean, when you hear the passion in her voice about, you know, taking care of, you know, family uh, being a major part, you know, and playing a major role in anyone's career whether it be president or, or whatever they, they, they decide to do. But I, she, you, you could hear it in her voice that if, the, if you don't have family, if, if you, you, know, you don't bring the family together, then it most likely it's not going to work. But if the country, as we as Americans all come together as a family, it's going to work. And I tell you, if she keeps that attitude, she's going to do good things. She's going to make it happen. No, no, without question. And uh, the, the, in the clip, they were talking about her fighting – uh, and needing to get funding uh, for the 9-11 victims and to rebuild New York again. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that she was so dramatically involved with that effort. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, she actually went in with a Republican president. And, and uh, George W. Bush asked her the question, what do you need? And she told him, and he said, you got it. That oh. tells me uh, that there is a bipartisan effort, if you will, that somehow tragedy is supposed to, you would think, bring the parties together and say, look, we have one common goal. Right. We need a little more of that in this time in which we live in politics, that if a president in that situation, knowing I don't care what aisle you're on, if you're talking about helping people, making a difference, doing what is necessary to aid the families, to aid the victims of 9-11, by all means, let's go forward and do it. Yes, and it doesn't yes. matter what party you're with. Uh, Lisa, when you hear that, uh, this is something that is so desperately needed uh, in our time right now. And it says a lot about Senator, uh, excuse me, about Secretary Clinton being able to cross the aisle and say, look, this is what we need. Exactly. I mean, if people don't cross the aisle, we end up, our country is divided enough as it is. We need people who can, who can have the ability 
to deal with every person on every issue. If you can't cross the aisle, then you're not going to be able to deal with all the different issues and things that arise. You have to be able to work with people as a whole, not just particular parties. And Cliff, what does that say about with all this nonsense we're hearing oh, about uh, uh, Secretary Clinton's judgment? Of this, You know what? I'm saying a heck of a lot of good judgment uh, that doesn't start with her. It starts with everybody else trying to make an impact and to make a difference uh, in the lives of uh, Americans all across the United States. Yeah, I mean, her uh, her judgment, first off, says she cares about children. She cares about veterans. She cares about the people of uh of america and the decisions that she made the uh you know the the different bills and laws that she helped to push into effect shows that her judgment is about the american people i mean you you can try to say whatever you want to about a person but their record speaks for itself good or bad their record speaks for itself and when you have a person that says i started the child care uh independence uh, program. I started a program for health care for children. I started a program to uh, for the victims of 9-11, uh, for the law enforcement, uh, you know, basically the, the workers for law for 9-11, for veterans. How do you say that this person's judgment is skewed when, when everything in their career and their past says they've always been there to help people? I mean, absolutely. Dennis, go ahead. And that's why we as Americans, I mean, come on, we, we have to look Look at, you know, look at the individual as a whole. Uh, this, this society is so stuck on, you know, looking at the wrong, looking at the bad or, or trying to find something bad with someone. But like you said, this resume of uh, Secretary Clinton is just it's 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 just humongous. I mean, she's done so much. She's been involved with so many programs, working with so many different people. You talk about 9-11, you talk about the children, you talk about uh, just family itself, you talk about our veterans, and then we take one little incident and we try to, you know, skew or, 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 or you know, make a reputation look bad. I'll tell you, Secretary Clinton, she has an outstanding resume. She's doing outstanding things. Let's look at her as a whole person. and then make that decision, a whole person. No, absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree more, Dennis, on that. And, and at the end of the day, people make mistakes. Uh, mistakes, you know, everybody can talk about what a person has done or not done in that capacity when they've never held that position. Exactly. At the end of the day, can you imagine, and I saw this at the DNC, uh, when she was in the war room, they called it, uh, the situation room, uh, dealing with Osama bin Laden. And the intensity on Secretary Clinton's face and the president and all those people, the generals, and, and this is what it what means to work with other people. Uh, it was clearly discussed that President Obama began to ask the opinions, the expertise of everybody in that room. What do you think? How do we, that, that is temper, that, whatever the word they use, the right temperament to be president. Yes, yes. That is the correct temperament. You know why? It takes that to be a leader. So everybody can talk about how easy it is to sit in that chair and talk and work with diplomats across the globe Come on, of how you can do it exactly. better. I'd like to see you do it better. Yes. It's so easy to do that. And, and talking about 9-11, uh, it says here that the problem was hundreds of first responders worked at Ground Zero, recovering bodies and cleaning up rubble. And the government said that the air quality was safe and failed to supply people with adequate safety equipment. 
Uh, many of those first responders became sick with a variety of illnesses, particularly related to their lungs. Uh, uh, the health of first responders and workers took steps to clean up the air and pay for the health care for all of those people affected. This is what Hillary Clinton did. Uh, and it states that she was a hero. In 2001, she got $12 million included in the 2002 Defense Appropriations Act to track the health of the 9-11 first responders. In early 2002, she pushed for hearings to study the health of 9-11 workers from the New York Times. The states, she said she is particularly concerned about reports of firefighters and others who work at the site who have begun to suffer respiratory ailments and about discrepancies between the reports from the Environmental Protection Agency and independent investigators who have monitored toxic uh, substances in the air downtown. She demanded of the Bush administration to find and implement solutions to health and air quality. She introduced legislation to fund health care benefits to ground zero workers, and this is what the result was. A law providing for health insurance benefits was finally passed in 2010 by her successor, Kirsten Gilbrand. In 2004, first responders held an event to commemorate Hillary Clinton's work, and they say this, and I quote, Senator Clinton, thank you so very much. If you decide to throw your hat in the ring to run for the other office, you have my support. And that was said by Chuck uh, Capo, head of the EMS uh, division. That speaks absolute volumes. You want to talk about judgment? You want to talk about seeing a problem and fixing it? Cliff, what does that say? I mean, what else would you have to say? But the, the one there was one piece that's added on to that, that, you know, after the tax, uh, when she was a senator, Senator Clinton worked to secure $21.4 billion in funding to assist the cleanup and the recovery and to provide health tracking for the first responders and volunteers at Ground Zero. How do you say a person that secures, who can, who secures $21,400,000,000 in federal funding for one initiative and you say that their judgment is off? This, that is why Hillary Clinton to the, the state of New York, she is a hero. There's, there's no other word to put to it because she went in, she fought for the first responders, she fought for their families, she fought for the uh, families of those who were lost in 9-11. She fought to secure over tw- almost $21.5 billion to ensure that New York was uh, basically put back on the map the way that the people of New York remembered New York. Oh, that, That's just absolutely awesome. And it says here, uh, we had a problem, we had a fix. What did she do? And she got results. If that's not the, if that's not the recipe for Madam President, uh, Dennis, and I don't know what is. That, that's it. That, that is truly the recipe. And I tell you, just listening to that, I mean, wow, to procure $21 billion, and all this was for is to help the victims of 9-11 and to get New York back to where it was so that people could be comfortable living in New York again, knowing that, hey, somebody cares for me. And I tell you, that's, I, I, all I can say is that is off. No, absolutely. And the Secure 21 billion, this is the kicker. Uh, uh, Charles Schumer worked with her on that as well. And it was signed into law by a Republican president. That's right. Awesome. So if you can't, if you can't work across the aisle to get things done, then there's an issue with you. From, from my perspective, you don't have the uh, the best interests of the American people at heart. You have the best entry of your party. 
And see, when a person says it's not about my party, it's not about your party, but it's about us coming together to ensure the American people get something done. That is when you look at, uh, you know, Secretary Clinton, that she got things done for the last 45 years. And you talk about her work with children. When uh, when Marion started the Children's Defense Fund in 1973, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing a voice for children, uh, she was a staff lawyer. She took on a project to figure out why two million children, U.S. children, were not in school. Hillary, along with other activists and advocates, uh, knocked on doors and talked to families all over America, went out knocking on doors, and they found that many schools were denying access to children with disabilities, children who couldn't afford to pay for books, non-English speakers, other students who needed assistance to get the education that they deserve. She spent almost 20 years with the Children's Defense Fund serving on the organization's board until 1991. But her judgment is uh, who, does just, wow. yeah. who does that? Who spent 20 years at a nonprofit helping people? And then how does anyone come out and say, well, uh, you know, she doesn't care about people? They don't even match. They don't, they don't match. And I'll tell you what, we haven't scratched the surface tonight. Uh, there came a moment where folks were singing the praises of, of uh, Se- Secretary Clinton. And you know what? Well-deserved, just from this short portion of Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday, you feel a sense of optimism that things in America can get better. We're not the only one that feel that way. Let's hear from some others. No matter how much people try to knock her down, she never, ever quit. And that's why I can say with confidence, there has never been a man or a woman, not me, not Bill, nobody more qualified than Hillary Clinton to serve as president of the United States of America. Everybody knows she's smart. Everybody knows she's tough. But I know what she's passionate about. Hillary has a passion for kids and families. Fighting for underprivileged kids, working at the Children's Defense Fund, fighting to get health insurance for 8 million low-income children when she was first lady, fighting for the well-being of women and children around the world. She's got specific ideas to invest in new jobs, to help workers share in their company's profits. Help put kids in preschool and put students through college without taking out a ton of debt. That's what leaders do. And then there's Donald Trump. The Donald is not really a plans guy. He never tells you how he's going to do any of the things he says he'll do. He just says, believe me. He's trying to tell us he cares about the middle class. Give me a break. That's a bunch of malarkey. He's betting that if he scares enough people, he might score just enough votes to win this election. And that is not the America I know. The America I know is decent and generous. And the American dream is something no wall will ever contain. There's only one person in this race who will be there, who's always been there for you. And that's Hillary Clinton's life story. Hillary Clinton and I are compañeros de alma. We share this basic belief. Do all the good you can and serve one another. And tonight, I ask you to do for Hillary Clinton what you did for me. I ask you to carry her the same way you carried me. Because you're who I was talking about 12 years ago when I talked about hope. 
folks. If you have your flags, I say take them out. We're talking about a champion in America. Hillary Rodham Clinton, Secretary Clinton, has the support and the push, sounds to me, of a nation as we move forward to shine the light on Secretary Clinton. And I'll tell you right now, folks, uh, another thing that Secretary Clinton did, and it was the teacher recruitment and training program. The problem was the government predicted that the country would face a teacher shortage of 2.2 million people by 2011. What was prescribed was that they needed to fund the recruitment and training of teachers around the country to make up the shortfall. What did Congressman, excuse me, what did uh, Secretary Clinton do? She offered a bill on teacher recruitment and training. The result, the judgment, guess what it was? It became part of the law under No Child Left Behind that was signed into law, another bipartisan uh, effort, and that was signed into law by Republican President George W. Bush. She goes further, and this was in regards to flu vaccines. The country was running out of flu vaccines because of production problems in the U.K. What was required is that the government needs to create and implement a plan for buying and stockpiling flu vaccines and require manufacturers of vaccines to provide at least one year notice of discontinuance of the manufacture of the vaccine. Secretary Clinton authored a bill and was the co-sponsor of a bill. The bill was eventually folded into another bill, the Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act, which became law. And the sponsor was Senator Mike DeWine, Republican from Ohio. The bill was signed into law by Republican President George W. Bush. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen of America, let me say this. These are occasions after occasions where Secretary Clinton crossed the aisle to get something done. And she did it with a Republican president. This tells me that Secretary Clinton has an ability. She has a gift. She has an influence of getting the job done. And we're not talking about lightweight stuff here. We're talking about blue vaccine, flu vaccine, excuse me, that if we don't have enough, people die if we don't have enough. What does that tell you? That Secretary Clinton says we have a matter, we have an issue. I don't care how strong you believe in something, you've got to be able to persuade someone else to follow. She did so. And a Republican president wrote it into law. Dennis, what do you say to that? I say it's awesome. Uh, I was watching her speech, you know, and she said that uh, I'm for everybody, regardless of your party. I'm here to do the things I need to do to make America better than it is because america is indeed already great but she's gonna make it greater and i tell you it just was awesome when i heard that it was like i don't care what your party is i don't care where you're from how where you rich poor black white it doesn't matter i'm for each and every one of you and i tell you that tells you that she's willing to cross whatever lines it takes That's awesome to make things happen. And when we say cross line, we mean partisan line. Party line. Uh, to get the job done. And uh, she went further. She introduced the Family Entertainment Protection Act. Again, looking out for who? The future of America. 
The bill, which Clinton introduced in 2005, prohibited games rated mature or adult only from being sold to minors and imposed fines on community service hours upon sellers if they sold such a game to a minor. Uh, Secretary Clinton co-authored a 2003 law that urged drug companies to conduct pediatric safety tests for medications that are prescribed to children to ensure that drug companies to have ample time to test drugs on not just adults but also on children. It offers a six-month extension to companies that agree to test their drugs for use on children as well as adults. What I'm telling you, ladies, what, what else can we say? And we're not even past the first few pages of the resume, as Dennis alluded to, of Secretary Clinton. What are you, what's going on? Why? And I'm not hearing all this. It's awesome. On the, on the mainstream media. We're not hearing all this. No. You put this to the American people, it is without question, hands down, who the vote is going to go to. That's just bottom line. This is time after time, decision after decision, judgment after judgment that has been well. So when that becomes challenged with just a few things we broke down the night, Cliff, you have to wonder what is going on in the minds of a lot of people. And see, the bottom line is this information should be to the exactly. people. Exactly. It should be to the people, Cliff. Your thoughts? That's right, because if you have all the facts, and that's the thing, you've got to have all the facts to be able to uh, to make a judgment for, you know, uh, which direction you're going to take. The judgment about a person's character, about, you know, uh, their who they are, um, you know, as a, as a member of Congress, as a any government official. But you've got to have the whole story. And when you get a piece of the story put out there, then you have all this, you know, hearsay and, 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 you know, one thing that gets me about the American people and some of the things that are being said, not about the American people, but some of the things that are being said to the American people saying, you know, she did this wrong. She that she did that wrong. The American people are are not privy to classified information. So if you don't have that information and you say, well, she made a bad judgment call, you don't know what decisions she made, what lives were on the line, who she had to uh, the, the type of stress. With her being Secretary of State to say, I have to make a decision about lives, about not just one life in one place, but lives of the truth, lives of officials in the, uh, you know, at, at the State Department all over the world. And then you say, OK, well, and, you know, people lost lost their lives in the in the Benghazi attack. But what else went into that? We're not well, privy to all the top exactly. secret information where they had to make decisions. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is, the, is, is one of the issues with the American public is go get the facts before oh. you make a decision on what you're judging. Well, at the end of the day, uh, you'd have to hold every secretary of state. Uh, somebody dies on a watch. Whether you're president in 1975 or 2016, people have died. And that way you have to go deal with the president who was doing the Vietnam War and all the things. This is, this, is, this is the world in which we live. Conflict happens, and at the end of the day, there are mistakes that are made. There are things that we have to figure out because you're dealing with a system with imperfect people exactly. where mistakes will happen. But I'll tell you what, for the most part, the big picture is this. She's done her best to comply and do what's necessary to fulfill her duties in whatever position that she has found herself in. That is reality. Those, ladies and gentlemen of America, are the facts. We're coming back. Folks, we know right now in about 10 minutes, prime time starts on the East Coast, which is 9 p.m. And I know school has started for most districts across the USA. 
and kids may have to go to sleep, but we're just kicking off prime time hour on the other side of this break. Folks, this is AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday as we shine the light on a legend. They call her, and I didn't say him, her, Secretary Hillary Clinton. We're coming right back. Ladies and gentlemen of America, we extend a special invitation to you to join AJC Radio and our programming every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We will be addressing issues that definitely shape a nation and affect America's future. We will also be dealing with members of Congress shining the spotlight on our initiative called Spotlight on Capitol Hill. You don't want to miss it, folks. Every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, AJC Radio makes a difference across the nation. We'll see you then. The United States of America incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. In fact, the U.S. hosts more prison inmates than all other developed nations combined. As of 2010, the world population was over 6.8 billion people, with an estimated 9.8 million in jail. This figure, compiled by the International Center for Prison Studies, refers both to individuals held in jail awaiting trial and inmates serving time after sentencing. So there are 9.8 million human beings on planet Earth living inside of cages that we know of. In 2010, the U.S. was home to about 309 million people, 4.5% of the world's total population, but housed 23% of the world's prisoners. So take a moment to think about what this means. It means we imprison more people than enormous autocratic countries like China. We imprison more people than Russia. Compared to the size of our population, our rate of imprisonment dwarfs our closest allies, like the United Kingdom, France, and Canada. As of 2010, there were over 1.6 million post-trial inmates serving sentences in America's state and federal facilities. This number does not include those being detained pre-trial or those on probation. The most unique feature of incarceration in America is the large and active role of our federal government. In most countries, crime is reacted to at the local or regional level, whereas the American government finances and legislates a significant portion of law enforcement at the national level. State governments still do their fair share of incarceration, though. California and Texas incarcerate more than other states with over 171,000 inmates each. Florida is a close third with over 103,000 prisoners. But no single state locks up more people than the federal government with over 208,000 inmates. Perhaps the nickname Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, should be updated. Though I suppose you need to be brave to endure the highest likelihood of incarceration the world has ever known. Prisons are not what we think about when we think of America, and they shouldn't have to be. A free nation shouldn't imprison so many people, and a fiscally responsible nation can't afford to. With close to $40 billion a year in state correctional spending, the financial costs are obvious and staggering alone. But the human costs are often underappreciated. 1.6 million fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of American families are incarcerated. It's time for people to realize that the criminal justice system in America is desperately in need of reform. This is 
Julie, how may I help you? My husband and I just got in a fight, and he hit me. With one call, you don't have to be a victim anymore. These fights are getting worse. I don't know what to do. With one call, you can end the cycle of violence. We're glad you called. The first thing we want to do is to ensure your safety. With one call, you can change everything. To speak to a domestic abuse victim advocate, contact your local family advocacy program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of America, and if you're wondering what is going on in AJC Radio Studio, I'll tell you right now, we call it honoring a champion, and her name is Hillary Rodham Clinton, and no disrespect intended, secretary, senator, presidential candidate, whichever fits your fancy tonight, this has been a humdinger, Lisa, as we have talked about the different things that have been championed by this magnificent extraordinary woman yes and you were sharing with us lisa on break some other things that she did this speaks volumes shared with the listeners yeah she uh she was uh what did she do she sponsored a bill it was standing with minimum wage earners act and in that in that bill what she was looking for i mean to sum it up she was looking for the, the minimum wage to be increased uh regularly but that one thing that stood out to me was that she was saying that for the, the the annual rate of the percentage for which members of Congress increase their pay each year, that the minimum wage for the regular citizen be increased by the same percentage. Hold on a second. Hold on. I, I think we're having some technical difficulties. Did I hear you right? Say it again, Lisa. What in the world was that? Yes. I mean, I've never heard of anybody in Congress or Senate or anywhere doing something like this or even thinking something like that, that you would request that the regular American citizens' pay be increased by the same percentage as the members of Congress on a yearly basis. I've never heard that. Dennis? I've never heard it. Never heard it. Cliff? I tell you, that's awesome. Uh, that's amazing. Because <laughs> yeah, no member of you, that is unheard of. That's unheard of to say, okay, when we get a raise, you get a raise by the same amount. Yeah, same percentage. That is uh, leaves you speechless. But then you hear those who say, "Well, her judgment's off. Well, if she doesn't care about the American." Her judgment people. is for the people. Her ju- you know, judgment exactly is right. Reaching out, trying to help the regular American citizens. I thought about when I was yes. in the military. We used to we used to always say this, and it was so true. We used to say, uh, you know, when we was looking to get whether or not see whether or not we was going to get a pay raise, and we, we would always say. Oh, I bet you uh, the Congress bid, I bet you they get the pay raise, you know, when they told mm-hmm. us that we were not getting it. But to hear something like this, that is so awesome to say that, hey, if we get a raise, you should get a raise. I mean, you can't beat that. No, absolutely. And it speaks volumes. And, and Dennis, we were talking about the veteran situation, uh, her reaching out to the veterans. We talked earlier, ladies and gentlemen of America, in regards to the many arms, if you will, or hats, or extensions, and Secretary Clinton is all over the place trying to make a difference, and I'll tell you what, uh, Dennis, you alluded to this uh, during the break in regard to her outreach to veterans. Why don't you share that with our listeners? Yeah, what it was was she introduced uh, the Heroes at Home Act in 2006 and 2007 to help family members uh, care for those that had uh, traumatic uh, brain injuries. Uh, she also worked in to increase the military survivor's benefit from 12000 
to $100,000. So you just look at that, that from 12000 to $100,000. That's almost 10 times as great. And, and you know, when, uh, when you get an increase, what? you know, sometimes you say, okay, we'll give you a 25% increase. You say, okay, well, that's pretty good. Then you say 50. You say, oh, man, that's, that's, that's real right. good. You say 75, you say we're giving you a 100% increase. Say, oh, that's excellent. I can't have, I can't ask for more. You're talking about, you're talking about almost a 10 times, almost a thousand percent increase in the death benefit. This is a woman who is concerned about the American people, the children of the American people, those who have served the American people in the military to say, I'm taking your, your, uh, your survivor benefit from twelve thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. That that's what I'm talking about. And right then now. it was it's for the care of those with the you know traumatic injuries. brain injuries. And mm-hmm. you you think about that. You know, a lot of times we who who hears that? I mean, I've never heard anything happen like that. And I was in the military twenty years. But to hear that tells you that wow. I mean, this Senator uh, Clinton truly cares. About, I mean, Secretary Clinton truly cares about our military. No, without question. Says that uh, Secretary Clinton was a champion for uh, our service members and veterans. Uh, Secretary Clinton was the first New York, you uh, New Yorker rather, to serve on the Senate Armed Services Committee and made veterans a main focus and a top priority. And I'll tell you what, folks, the uh, accolades, if you will, uh, are going to just keep on going and coming tonight because what we have here. Is someone, and I, this is something that the American people and all of our listeners need to hear. Yes. We, all we hear is about an email situation. <laughs> well, an email situation. When you're on, on TV, they're talking about trying to uh, contradict her. What about all of this Exactly. that you're leaving out of the conversation, ladies and gentlemen? And uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to hear a little bit more of folks talking about this woman who apparently... She may be short in stature, but I'll tell you what, in her conduct and her work, she is no less than a, other than a giant, in my opinion, uh, on our nation's main stage. Let's see what others had to say. We've come to Philadelphia, the birthplace of our nation, because what happened in this city 240 years ago still has something to teach us today. Our country's motto is E Pluribus Unum. Out of many, we are one. Will we stay true to that motto? We heard Donald Trump's answer last week at his convention. He wants to divide us from the rest of the world and from each other. We will not build a wall. Instead, we will build an economy where everyone who wants a good job can get one. And we'll build a path to citizenship for millions of immigrants who are already contributing to our economy. We will not ban a religion. We will work with all Americans to fight and defeat terrorism. If you believe the minimum wage should be a living wage and no one working full time should have to raise their children in poverty, Join us. If you believe that every man, woman, and child in America has the right to affordable health care, join us. And yes, 
if you believe that your working mother, wife, sister, or daughter deserves equal pay, join us. That's the country we're fighting for. And so, my friends, it is with humility, determination, and boundless confidence in America's promise that I accept your nomination for President of the United States. Now, I imagine that some of you are sitting at home thinking, but Trump, he's a businessman. He must know something about the economy. Let's take a closer look, shall we? In Atlantic City, 60 miles from here, you will find contractors and small businesses who lost everything because Donald Trump refused to pay his bills. Not because he couldn't pay them, but because he wouldn't pay them when it comes to our national security. Just ask yourself, you really think Donald Trump has the temperament to be commander in chief? A man you can bait with a tweet is not a man we can trust with nuclear weapons. And if we're serious about keeping our country safe, we also can't afford to have a president who's in the pocket of the gun lobby. And there you have it, folks. I'll tell you what, if you don't have chill bumps, and maybe a cool breeze may have come through the window tonight wondering what is that I'm feeling, it is called the American spirit of optimism. And I'll tell you what, right now, I'm, we're back with you. I'm Lamont Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and the AJC radio team. And I'll tell you what, folks, the temperature has risen in this studio. Dennis, what are you feeling tonight as we hear from this lady Secretary Clinton doing some things that I'll tell you is 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 unprecedented uh, to take America to the next level. Hey, I'm just I'm I'm serious. I'm truly uh, amazed at you know what she what she wants to what she wants to do and what she's already doing. I mean, uh, her 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 concern about immigration, health care, uh, women and children, our military. Uh, our economy, I tell you, it's just awesome. It, it's kind of, it makes you kind of think, wow, that's quite a bit for one person to truly, truly try to get involved in. But I tell you, as President of the United States, those are all issues that must be addressed and must be addressed with consideration for all people, period. Well, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen of America out there, wondering where did the equal pay for equal work come from? And I'll tell you what, the problem was Lily Letbetter worked for 19 years in a tire plant without realizing she earned 30% less than men doing the same job. And our lady listeners, please listen up. She sued for wage discrimination immediately after she learned about it. The law title gave her 180 days to sue. Prior to Letbetter's case, that meant she had 180 days after she discovered the salary discrepancy to sue. But the conservatives on the Supreme Court changed that to mean she had to sue within 180 days after her salary was determined, which was years before she learned about the discrimination. She lost. More importantly, this would have made it practically impossible to fight wage discrimination. The fix was to amend that particular law to clarify that everyone has 180 days 
after discovery of the discrimination to sue. Here comes our champion, Hillary Clinton. Secretary Clinton was an original co-sponsor of the law. She also told Lily Letbetter's story on the trail during the 2008 presidential campaign, publicizing the need for change. What was the result of that type of effort? The Lily Letbetter Act was signed into law by President Barack Obama with Secretary of State Hillary Clinton standing over his right shoulder. I'll tell you what, folks. Look, you want to where the country is crying equal pay, fairness. I'm back to the word judgment. Cliff, we talked about this earlier. We're right back at that word judgment. And all I've seen and heard tonight is judgment that equals results. That's what we see going on here with Secretary Clinton. And how it is amazing to me, the more that I look into her background, into her uh, resume, it's amazing to me that that is (laughs) that's the issue that's being harped on her judgment. Because, I mean, this is obvious when you have the facts in front of you, it's obvious that her judgment is uh, without question. This is a person about the, the American people. This is a person about the safety of children. This is a person about children's health, about women's rights, about uh, veterans affairs. This is a person. She, wow. when you really break it down, she's already been acting presidential for the last <laughs> well, one. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the bottom line. <laughs> right. The things that she's implemented, this, these are national state right. issues. This isn't uh, just Arkansas. This isn't just New York. This is about America right here. When you, when you can join with uh, a uh, president on the other side of the aisle, not just other members of Congress, and say, hey, let's take something together and push it to the president. When she went to the President Bush and said, I need $21 billion to rebuild New York after 9-11, he's like, you got it, because the things that you're going after are for the people, not for political political party, not for some type of uh, agenda that she had before the American people. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with the facts and uh, on the work issue, again, uh, the, the problem that women make less money than men for the same jobs. Um, Hillary Clinton was the lead sponsor on the Paycheck, excuse me, Paycheck Fairness Act in 2005 and six. What was the result of her uh, being the co-sponsor of that particular act, of the lead sponsor? Adoption of methods for women to discover and remedy unequal pay were adopted by President Obama in an April 2014 executive order prohibiting federal contractors from retaliating against employees who discuss their wages. And Republicans have repeatedly blocked attempts to get these reforms into statute. President Obama says you no longer are going to retaliate against these women coming out saying, look, we do the same job and I'm getting less money and it's not right. Companies begin to retaliate against women for doing that. She led the charge. I'm going back to our word tonight. Judgment. Exactly. You know Here what, we go. You know what's crazy about that, Mont, is that it says Republicans have repeatedly blocked attempts to get these reforms. How do you block an attempt to bring equality and call yourself a member of, com- of Congress in, in a uh, in a democracy? And How then do you it, try to block that attempt? That's crazy. You know what gets me to? Uh, she did this for all women. Yeah. Republican women, Democratic women, independent women. It doesn't matter what your party is, but still, still you have women, women 
that's 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 saying that's you know you know talking about her judgment, talking about whether or not you know she's fit to be president, and it's it, I don't get it. This this was for all women. That there you go, all women. Period. You know what? Exactly. She's not. It's not her pay that's in question. She's exactly. good. She's right. set. Right. This is about the women of America. That's right. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, I'll tell you what, Hollywood has come out to give their support. A lot of members of the Hollywood community are saying, look, we got to have Hillary. Folks, I'll tell you what, I'm overwhelmed tonight with, with the stuff we have learned tonight. I am hopeful that it gets into the hearts of the American people and will motivate them to get out and vote this November. This is something that we absolutely have to do. And let's hear a little bit more about this extraordinary woman, Secretary Hillary Clinton. Here is a woman. What does she dream of? When does she feel proud? How many times will she leave her mark? How many ways will she light up the world? She's got this wonderful infectious laugh uh, that uh, carries quite far. And sometimes it'll be surprising because you'll be in the middle of something and she'll go, ha! <laughs> and there's a joy and a, and a mirth that I think sometimes the public doesn't always see. I just remember her holding my hand a lot. I remember that a lot. And, and like I felt like she tried to soothe me. It wasn't about... Um, pictures or uh, a big production she just kind of showed up and she had a, a very simple message thank you and i'll do whatever I, I can for you and uh she she would make good on that promise i love to watch her with people and i can see the effect of her kindness and that it's real hillary rodham grew up in park ridge illinois her father was a navy man my father was a chief petty officer uh, at home as well as in the Navy. And he really had the attitude that, you know, don't whine, don't complain, do what you're supposed to do. Do it to the best of your ability. Her mother, Dorothy, was terribly neglected. She was on her own, working as a housekeeper by the time she was 13. She once said that job was the first time she saw what a loving family looked like. She told me one time her young parent left her overnight by herself. She was like four years old, three or four years old. And they gave her a, uh, a uh, set of coupons so she could go to the corner cafe and get food. And I mean, just the image of this little girl all by herself walking down the stairs of the walk-up tenement, out the door alone, to the corner, to the cafe, and getting food with coupons just haunts me. Here is a woman making her first marks on the world. She is, we all know, bright and promising, an achiever. And yet, extraordinarily, what is most striking about the young woman is her heart. Well, it doesn't get any clearer than that, ladies and gentlemen. We talk a lot in this country about fairness, about those things that matter. Tonight, we have taken a journey with a woman who has proven her worth. 
And that, what does that mean to me? If you do the math, her worth is priceless. Because the impact is phenomenal. Dennis, when you hear what she dealt with, I know her dad worked in a, in a factory uh, uh, making drapes and these things. And, I mean, hard work. Uh, uh, Secretary Clinton said she had gone out to the factory at times and, and helped and, and saw him do his job and, and actually got involved. It was his company. And that was what he did. Uh, if that's not a connection to the American people, that no matter where you come from, her mother instilling in her the need to fight. I mean, you're a housekeeper at the age of 13. You were forced in a situation, and I think they said she, her mother was somewhat abandoned. But she instilled in Secretary Clinton something very important, the human spirit and perseverance. That's why President Obama said, I've never seen her quit at anything. I believe that's the foundation of where she comes from, Dennis. True, and I, I tell you, with a background like that, with an upbringing like that, with uh, it, it truly, uh, I think the president used the word humble uh, when he spoke of uh, Secretary uh, Hillary uh, Clinton. Clinton. But it makes you think. It, it truly makes you think that. In order to be a president, in order to be someone like this, and you, you, you've been brought up the way you were brought up. You've seen a lot of things. I, when she was talking about the father being in the, the military, a chief petty officer, and I tell you, that makes, that makes her well-rounded. And it, it gives her that, I think, that upper, that, that upper hand. Uh, I kind of liked it when the president said that uh, she's already been president, and there's no one better for that position, not not him, not her husband, not anybody that he knows of, because this, I tell you, she has done so much as a senator, as a secretary, and there's no doubt in my mind that she's going to do a whole bunch more as a president if she gets that seat. But I believe she's going to get it because you can't be rounded in such a way that, you know, you're, 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 you're just engrafted into being about people, and I tell you, it's awesome. Oh, it's awesome stuff, and uh, it goes further here. The time off for families of deployed soldiers. Uh, and the problem was families of veterans disabled in battle need to care for their loved ones, but we're not guaranteed time off. And families of deployed soldiers need extra time to pick up the slack caring for their families. The fix was to extend family medical leave rights for families of deployed soldiers and disabled veterans. Here comes another judgment call by Secretary Clinton. Co-sponsored and co-authored and held hearings in support of a bill to extend family medical leave rights to families of deployed and disabled veterans. The result of this good judgment equaled what? In 2008, the Support for Injured Service Members Act became law. Cliff. We keep saying, now I'll tell you what, we've said before on this program that the bar continues to get higher. Who reaches this bar? Because the bar has gone quite a distance up tonight, Cliff. Yeah, I mean, you just looking at this, it is overwhelming the amount of things that uh, she has accomplished, the amount of initiatives that she's gone after, the amount of... Uh, help that she's brought to the American people. I mean, looking at everything she's done, she's always been about the kids. 
she's always been about equality, no matter what color you are, where you came from. If you're an America, if you're an American, if you're an American citizen, even if you came over and and uh, you know, she's even looking for equality for those who may not be legal citizens, but who are having an impact and who are helping out the American economy that says, you know, I want to come on. I'm still, I'm looking for the American dream. She's saying, okay, the answer is not to kick you out, send you away, send you back to uh, maybe a dangerous situation, but find a way that we as America can continue to be the melting pot of the world where people who come here feel like, okay, I came to America for a reason and I found some help. I found some freedom. I found a place where my dreams can come true. That is what America is all about. And Hillary Clinton for the last 40 something years have been, has been working toward that end. I, I, I am, I am in shock and I'm in awe that anybody could, could question her judgment after looking at what we have. No, no, absolutely Cliff. And I'll tell you what, uh, she went a step further, health insurance for National Guard and reservists. Uh, the problem was 40% of the American forces serving in Iraq came from the military reserves and National Guard. Uh, but as soon as their deployment ended, they would no longer qualify for military health insurance. The fix was is to give National Guard and reservists access to the military, excuse me, the military's TRICARE health system. Here comes another judgment call by Secretary Clinton. Secretary Clinton wrote language to extend health insurance coverage, saying it's one of those issues we hear about on a weekly basis. The result of her taking a stand on this issue, the result, health insurance coverage for non-deployed military reservists and National Guard members was signed into law. Awesome. Another judgment call. Dennis? Uh, again, what do you say to this? Again, I'll I'll speak it to our military. I tell you, uh, I did twenty years in the military, and to to hear these things. See, again, you you, you talked about it earlier, Lamont, how you said that you know mainstream media is not putting putting this out there. You know, all, all, all we hear is the negative. But I tell you, this is awesome. I guarantee you, there's a. There's family members of National Guards and Reservists that are so thankful uh, that this law got put in place because uh, health care is expensive. And, and, and not, to be, not to have the same uh, ability to TRICARE as the right. active duty uh, members, what? and you're spending the same time in, in war. Well, you're, I mean, on, you're on the front line. You're on the front line. How do you take health care from those soldiers? So you want to talk about, oh, she's not, she doesn't have the temperament as far as uh, foreign policy to protect America. Well, I'll tell you what, that starts with protecting your soldiers on the front line. Exactly. And if that is not a clear description of being capable, then I need to go back to school because that is exactly what capable is. Let's hear a little bit more of the bipartisan respect that Secretary Clinton shows even on the Senate floor for the last time. Let's hear what she had to say. I'm gratified by the support and vote of confidence I received earlier this morning uh, from the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, and I am eager, should I be confirmed, 
to get to work with the president-elect and with the vice president-elect and with all of you. I have loved being in the Senate, uh, working alongside public servants of both parties who bring their expertise and enthusiasm to the difficult, painstaking, and occasionally contentious work of turning principles into policy and policy into law. I may not have always been a New Yorker, but I know I always will be one. New York, its spirit and its people will always be part of me and of the work I do. And I look forward to continuing my association with this body. We have much to do over in Foggy Bottom. And we need your help to kind of clear up the fog to give us a chance to really operate on all cylinders with the direction and the resources and the improved management techniques that I hope to bring to the job. This is a challenging and defining moment, but I will always keep faith in this body and in my fellow Americans. And I remain an optimist that America's best days are still ahead of us. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, Wow, as we look around the studio tonight, I'll tell you what, the faces say it all. Uh, And that is that we are speechless, yet we're compelled to speak as a result of the work of Secretary Clinton. And Dennis Cliff, Lisa, I like what she just said. She is optimistic about a better America. That's, you got to have something to get out the bed in the morning and to go on your day. Secretary Clinton has set the bar tonight. Lisa, I was sharing earlier in regards to the bar being set. How do we top this? Uh, how do we top this? It, 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 Not it, sure it, that we can, Lamont. I mean, how do you do it? I mean, over and over and over again, all I've heard tonight is good judgment. That didn't just start and fizzle out. Results came as a result of her perseverance and her push. Uh, We have some awards, and this this is unbelievable. Let's just go down a few of them on the Secretary Clinton, on Secretary Clinton. And these are some awards and honors, and I'm sure they're not all of them. Just names a few. Uh, first ever student commencement speaker at, West, uh, at Wellesley College. President of the Wellesley Young Republicans. Intern at the House, of, House Republican Conference. Distinguished graduate of Yale Law School. Editorial board of the Yale Review of Law and Social Action co-founded Arkansas Advocates for Children and Families, staff attorney for Children's Defense Fund, former director of the Arkansas Legal Aid Clinic, first female chair of the Legal Services Corporation, former civil litigation attorney, Arkansas Woman of the Year in 1983, chair of the American Bar Association's Commission on Women in the Profession, created Arkansas's Home Instruction Program for Preschool Youth, Instrumental in passage of the State Children's Health Insurance Program. 
worked to investigate reports of an illness that affected veterans of the Gulf War, now recognized as Gulf War Syndrome. Helped create the Office on Violence Against Women at the Department of Justice. Helped create Vital Voices, an international initiative to promote the participation of women in the political process of their countries. Middle East ceasefire in November 2012, Secretary of State Clinton brokered a ceasefire deal between Israel and Hamas. I, 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 I am at a loss. How do you call a person's uh, judgment in the question? Who has, who has done those things? Now, to get a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, and you say her judgment is off, that... I'm telling you, I am, uh, I'm at a loss of words because a person who has those type of accomplishments, uh, that is not a person with poor judgment. That's just the bottom line. You cannot accomplish those type of things if you don't have a level head and are, uh, and know how to negotiate, come to a compromise and work with people on the other side of the aisle to get business done. That's just, that's just awesome. And I'll tell you what, uh, she didn't just make history this year. She was actually the first ex-first lady of the United States in U.S. history to be elected to the United States Senate and re-elected a two-term senator in New York. I mean, the history books are going to run out of ink because (laughs) Secretary Clinton, is she's not stopping And how can you be involved with public service this many years and the drive is still as real today as it was when you left law school and joined up with the Children's Defense Fund and worked in that? This is absolutely remarkable. Dennis, you're smiling from ear to ear. Uh, Tell the folks what you're thinking or feeling right now. This is indeed the resume of a future president. I mean, when you look at this resume, all that she's done, all the all, all, everything that she's got involved in, all the different—I mean, it's just so much. And you didn't—you didn't even read it all. I mean, no. I mean, there's like two more pages of awards and accomplishments. I mean, I'm telling you, she is awesome. So, and I tell yeah. you, for all that she's done. And is doing. That's, that's the, and doing. That's I mean, the resume. She, she has the. If you said uh, this is a former president of the United States and this is what they have done, you say that is a excellent presidency. Right. And she has never held that office, and yet she has a resume that rivals most in the political spectrum. This, this is incredible. It really is. Let's hear a little bit more of what other folks are saying about this champion. On the other side is a woman who fights for children, for women, for health care, for human rights. A woman who fights for all of us. Advocating for kids with disabilities as a young lawyer. Fighting for children's health care as first lady. Hillary Clinton understands that if someone works 40 hours a week, that person should not be living in poverty. Hillary will fight for debt-free college. And she knows that we can be a nation that both believes police officers deserve more respect and believes that a black 20-something-year-old protester deserves to be valued. The issues the president faces are not black and white. 
and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. When you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips, you can't have a thin skin or a tendency to lash out. You need to be steady. This election must be about bringing our people together, not dividing us up. That is the story of this country, the story that has brought me to the stage tonight. The story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves and I watch my daughter, two beautiful, intelligent black young women playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And because of Hillary Clinton, my daughter and all our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be president of the United States. Hillary Clinton must become the next president of the United States. And there you have it, folks. I'll tell you what. Wow. That's awesome. We got First Lady Michelle Obama speaking volumes that her children can recognize that. And the children of America, did you feel the passion there? I felt the passion. From every person. I mean, this has to be something that has gone viral or contagious, Lisa, and I'll tell you what, as a woman, Lisa, I want your perspective for our women listeners uh, as we deal with women taking the next step and uh, cracking that ceiling and basically bolting through it. As a woman, Lisa, how, um, what word am I, how gratifying, is, if you will, is this in this moment? This is absolutely awesome. Well, you know, Lamont, I've said many times, whenever we uh, spotlight, spot, shine the spotlight on a woman, that it brings me a great swell of pride to see a woman that's strong, that stands up and does what she needs to do. I think it's just an amazing thing to see a woman moving forward and moving up the way she's moving. I think it's an inspiration to women everywhere. and let you know that they're, in spite of all the stereotypes and all the things that have gone on through the years against women, it shows you that things, things yeah, I guess things can change. Things can be different. And that you do have as much worth and you can do just as much as any man can do, and no one can no one can deny that. When you look at a woman like Hillary Clinton, you cannot deny that that this woman is more just as capable, if not more so, than absolutely. some of the men who have held the same position. And that's absolutely no disrespect uh, to the to the former presidents of the United States. We salute all of you because without you doing that work, uh, again, President Obama made it clear nobody understands that job till you get in that chair. And uh, but tonight we are we're talking about there was a time in this country women weren't even allowed to vote yes. in an election, let alone be the nominee and steps three months away, possibly from occupying the Oval Office on Pennsylvania Avenue, Lisa. And I'll tell you what, if that didn't give you goosebumps, goosebumps, folks, I don't know what will. And uh, that's the perspective from Lisa uh, as a woman who I tell you what, you, you get tired of being second best, if you will, or at least treat it that treat way. Treat it like your second best. Um, Not second best, but that's the way they treat it. No, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, this is awesome stuff. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, Dennis, I'll, if it doesn't give you a good, good warm feeling down all over, uh, I don't know what else will. This is the absolute example of what America should be about, that there is no goal, there is no opportunity, there is no dream that cannot be achieved if you strive for it. And I'll tell you what, uh, Secretary Clinton didn't come with a silver spoon in her mouth. Uh, she came up, uh, I'd say, uh, in the hard knock life coming up initially, but was able to do something. And I'll tell you what, folks, this is absolutely awesome. Feel free to dial in and call in to the show, 347-838-8976. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming right back as we get ready to, man, I hate even saying goodnight tonight, but uh, we're going to come back with the final few segments of the show, and I'll tell you what, this has been awesome. And if Secretary Clinton, I'm sure your schedule is overwhelming right now, tonight we salute you here on AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. We're coming right back, folks. Stay with us. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855 529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. are never going to approach you. Can you help me reshape my attitude towards women? You need to teach them that violence against women is wrong. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize the message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can have value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it works. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. 
welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of America. If you're wondering if there's something going on at AJC Radio tonight, I'll tell you what, this is Super Bowl level of politics, and we're honoring a champion tonight in her name. If you want to call her the lead quarterback, if you know anything about football, I'll tell you what, she's the MVP, and I guarantee it's of one thing, of making a difference in the lives of the American people and leaving her mark there. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Lamar Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and we're talking about some good things tonight, and that is Secretary Hillary Clinton and possibly Madam President here in about three months. And, uh, Dennis, we've been overwhelmed. We've been emotional on every side tonight in dealing with this magnificent woman. And I'll tell you what, you're talking about leadership. How in the world did we ever think a woman couldn't do what a man could do in this country? Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Not sure at doesn't. all. <laughs> I, think we, I think we were lost because uh, after talking about uh, Hillary Clinton, I mean, it is just, awesome the things that she has done and continues to do in order to make our great country even greater i tell you it's awesome cliff i got to get your thoughts we're gonna go around the table real quick i'll tell you what the chill bumps are out and uh i'll tell you what we got a flag hanging in studio cliff over there on the wall and i'll tell you what the patriotic spirit is alive and well here at ajc radio as we deal with uh secretary hillary clinton your thoughts yeah, she has definitely done justice to, uh, you know, to the American flag and the American people on a whole. Looking at what she has done, and, and I mean, we didn't even really get to that much legislation, but just looking at what she has done on a civil level, on saying, uh, these are the things that I'm doing for women's rights, for children, for veterans, uh, you know, and I'm still shocked that you, 24, uh, $21 billion legislation that got, that, uh, she got passed. That is, Amazing stuff. She has she has spent her life in service to the American people, and uh, I'll say she hasn't even taken the office yet. But when she does, I'm sure that that uh, service will continue. No, without question. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, uh, we're excited uh, about uh, the future. I tell you what, of America, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Clinton family um, and all that's going on. As this must, as as you can't be in public service and not fight some wars and battles. And did not take a toll after a period of time. But I tell you what, she stands as a true soldier. Uh, and I, I say that uh, in respect to our uh, veteran here, uh, Dennis, as a soldier in, in, in a time of battle. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's something that's necessary. But she also, we talk a little bit about her impact in America. But what about her impact around the world? And those citizens that have come to America for a dream or for a new life, she has showed the utmost respect. She speaks a little bit about Captain Khan, who gave his life for his soldiers, I want to get your thoughts on Dennis as a veteran and what it means to you, what uh, Secretary Clinton said in regard to Captain Khan. Let's hear what she had to say. If you want to see the best of America, you need look no further than Army Captain Humayun Khan. He was born in the United Arab Emirates. He moved to Maryland as a small child. He later graduated from the University of Virginia before enlisting in the United States Army. In June 2004, he was serving in Iraq. One day while his infantry unit was guarding the gates of their base, a suspicious vehicle appeared. Captain Khan told his troops to get back. 
but he went forward. He took 10 steps toward the car before it exploded. Captain Khan was killed, but his unit was saved by his courageous act. Captain Khan was posthumously awarded the Bronze Star and Purple Heart. He was just 27 years old. We still wonder what made him take those 10 steps, Khan's father said in a recent interview. Maybe that's the point, he went on, where all the values, all the service to country, all the things he learned in this country kicked in. It was those values that made him take those 10 steps. Those 10 steps told us we did not make a mistake in moving to this country, his father finished. It's time to stand up and say, we are Americans. We will not turn on each other or turn on our principles. That's what we do here. That's who we are. That's how we will win. That's the America that I know makes us all so proud to be a Wow. Dennis, I'll give it to you. Awesome. I mean, uh, for uh, a commander to be willing to uh, take the first step for his uh, soldiers, his, his unit, and then lose his life in doing so, I can tell you, regardless of the color or the background of the soldiers that he died for, I tell you, there's honor above honor that they're giving to him right now. And I tell you, for her to make such a statement as to how it represents America and what he did. I tell you, that's, that's so deep. I mean, willing to give your life for this United States of America at any cost to protect your soldiers. And I guarantee you that where they came from, what color they were, never crossed his mind because we have a brotherhood or a familyhood in the military. It's not about where you're from when it's time to pr protect each other and, and to preserve life and when you got a commander that's willing to give his I, I can't say no more but my hat's off to him sure and uh, Hillary Clinton it speaks volumes, volumes as a leader to speak and I, there's something that really sh struck me and I wanna, I'm going to share it with the listeners here Benghazi testimony and resignation we talk about who's at fault at the time of war, people are at fault. Yes. People make mistakes. But it's war. Listen to what Secretary Clinton said. Testimony on the Benghazi attack came on January 23rd, 2013. Speaking to members of the House Foreign Relations Committee, she defended her actions while talking, while, excuse me, while taking full responsibility for the incident, which killed four American citizens. And I quote Secretary Clinton, as I've said many times since September 11, I take full responsibility and nobody is more committed to getting this right, she told the House. She added, I am determined to leave the State Department and our country safer, stronger, and more secure. That is a leader that has to fall on that sword because it's on your watch. But what makes you a leader and makes you better 
is to say exactly what Secretary Clinton just said. She said, I've said a thousand times, I take responsibility because it's on my watch. Exactly. But what I like about Secretary Clinton, she was not deterred. She said, let's fix it. Let's fix the problem. That is the recipe of America. And that is what counts for leadership. And if you go back in history, president after president have made mistakes. Secretary of State have made mistakes. Exactly. Secretary of Defense has made mistakes. Senators, congressmen have made mistakes. But the overall good and this picture that I see tonight on Secretary Clinton outweighs it by miles. And I'll go as far as to say by lifetimes. Yes, awesome. This is Secretary Hillary Clinton that we're discussing tonight who has stepped out to make a difference. And I'll tell you right now, for her to step out and run for president probably wasn't an easy decision. Forty years she has given her life. You can say what you want. As Cliff said earlier, how do you... You know, it's kind of like somebody that, that lives a pretty good life and they make a mistake somewhere along the way. We as a society are not, we don't even judge each other that way. Exactly. As a society that if a mistake is made, we say, pick up the pieces and start again. How is that language different from Secretary Clinton or any politician that may have made a mistake? Where's the American spirit? This is a problem. But tonight, in our best effort to shine the light on a champion, we've done so tonight on Secretary Clinton. And, Lisa, as we close this segment of the show, I'll tell you right now, fired tonight. I have an optimistic attitude that when you begin, if that, what we've served, and, and this is what we've said, we didn't even get into the bill's in the United States Senate. Exactly. We haven't got, when she was a senator, all the things that she pushed for, if this is just a few pages of the person or the type of person that should be moving in on Pennsylvania Avenue on January 21st, I think she's passed the test. Oh, absolutely. How do we go forward from that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely yeah. awesome. Cliff? I uh, see, you know, Cliff's in deep thought. How do you, you know, you just shake your head and wonder what are the next words that I can say here? Cliff? Well, I mean, you, you look at all that she's accomplished over her career, her lifetime, and then uh, you hear, you know, like the issue we've been harping on, people saying, you know, what about her judgment? And, um, you know, this, this leaves me tonight with, uh, you know, no question, you know, saying, okay, well, why did she do this or why did she did do that? Because when you look at her history of who she is and what she's accomplished, you can come to your own conclusion that she has always gone after the best interests of the American people. And if she's made some mistakes along the way, well, guess what? She's a human being like the rest of us. But uh, I am enlightened tonight. I had no idea that these type of accomplishments were on the table for Secretary Clinton. But, uh, you know, 
I, I can say with certainty that my decision for who I'm going to vote for for president has been solidified with this tonight. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get out and vote. And we honor you, Secretary Clinton, for what you do and what you have done in your public service to this country. We salute you tonight here on Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. A champion, a leader, and I'll say it before the world, a woman of good judgment. And she's making a difference. Right now, we turn the page to what you didn't know about the IRP6. Here we go. A just cause has found something very interesting. A playwright by Judge H. Lee Serrigan about the IRP6. It starts right now. Take a look. My name is David Banks, and I'm serving an 11-year sentence at the Federal Correctional Complex Prison Camp in Florence, Colorado. I've lost everything. My business, my money, my family, my future, my church, and my freedom. My name is Gary Walker, and I'm serving a sentence of 11 years in the same prison. Just to decide, not only were the six of us all devout members of the same church, there was not a single criminal charge or conviction among any of us of these unbelievable events unfolded. My name is Clinton Stewart, and I'm serving a sentence of 10 years at the same prison in Colorado. It's fitting that we lived, prayed, and worked together that we should end up dying together, because that is what prison is for us and our families. I am Kendrick Barnes, and I am serving a seven-year sentence at the same prison in Colorado. I was the Chief Information Officer at IRP Solutions, the name of our company. I testified, and then Gary objected. A Donnybrook broke out, because Gary said our Fifth Amendment rights had been violated by compelling us to testify. The judge said she had not said anything of the kind, and we demanded the transcript. We were all absolutely unanimous in our verbatim version of what she had said. She denied production of the transcript for that day and at the time, some 200 pages, but assured us that they would be produced at the end of the day. Transcript of that particular conversation in the courtroom between us and the judge has never been produced. I am Demetrius Harper. And I'm serving a 10-year sentence at the same prison. And then in June of 2009, four years later, they finally got a grand jury to indict us. This time, they only called one witness, an FBI agent. And the old adage that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich was proven. This is a production that sets the bar and takes a sincere look at the RP6 story Judge H. Lee Serrigan, retired federal judge, felt compelled to say something. We will not remain silent to see the full story, the full playwright of the RP6 tragedy. Go to YouTube, search the race card. You don't want to miss it. And what you
you didn't know about the RP6 story starts right now. And tonight we take a sincere look to the tragedy of one believing in a system that was fair as the dream of the RP6. Who are they? Dave Zapolo, Demetrius Harper, David Banks, Kendrick Barnes, Clinton Stewart, and Gary Walker. They set out on a journey to keep America safe. But they found along the way that the system failed. Tonight we go into the mind of the RP6 as they sought to deliver and to seek the American dream and keep the shores of America safe. Tonight we ask one question, what were you thinking? Cliff, as we go into this conversation, the RP6 believed that they didn't do anything wrong because they hadn't. The tragedy of what shifted a direction was a corrupt system. Yeah, and, you know, uh, going back to one of the things that, you know, listening to one of the clip, clips that Secretary Clinton was talking about, uh, Donald Trump and the, the bills that he didn't pay, and, you know, reminded me that this uh, whole case with the IRP-6 was a debt collection case. It was about bills that had not been paid, and when the federal government comes in and criminalizes that, and, you know, lock these men up for 7 to 11 years in federal prison, uh, you have to question the system. It, it's, it's natural to say, you know, and especially with what they were doing, building software for law enforcement to help uh, keep the, the homeland safe, uh, you know, had several customized, um, you know, implementations of the software for Department of Homeland Security, and then to have that very system come after them. Uh, you know, there has to be questions about, you know, the American justice system. And that's why we deal with it here on uh, on AJC Radio, is because you have people who haven't committed any crime, who have done nothing wrong, um, you know, to go to prison for debt. That is, that was outlawed a long time ago. And to see it happen again now, it does bring up several questions about the system and how is it that it has done this disservice to these men and several other Amer American citizens. And these are patriots of America, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to visit this a little closer uh, on the next show that the RP6 had to be delusion, had to be in a point of confusion. What is going on when all I've done is the right thing? What's in the mind of these men? We're going to visit that here on the next What You Didn't Know About the RP6. But what a tragedy. But we will continue to seek justice. Lisa, the perpetrators of justice that are responsible for this huge miscarriage of justice. Yes, they are U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes, Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hart, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI agent John Smith, FBI agent Robert Moen, former federal agent John Epke, former federal agent Gary Hilberry, attorney Thomas Goodread, attorney Clifford Barnard, attorney Thomas Richard, attorney Robert Berger, attorney Mitchell Baker, attorney Boston Stanton Jr., attorney Rick Kornfeld, attorney Mark Garrigo, Susan Holland of ETI Professional Services, and Samuel K. Thurman. And thank you for that, Lisa. Ladies and gentlemen of America, get out and vote. We're three months away. Thank you for joining us on this special edition, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, Thursday, 
honoring the legend, the champion, and the warrior, and the lady of good judgment, that's Secretary Hillary Clinton. Good night, America. I'm Lamont Banks, Felisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt. We'll see you next time. From the Democratic National Convention, a truly historic moment right here in this arena in Philadelphia tonight. Hillary Clinton capturing the Democratic nomination for president 96 years after American women first got the right to vote. Clinton is now the first woman to lead a major party ticket into the general election. An emotional night for so many, including former President Bill Clinton, who called his wife the best changemaker there is. What an incredible honor that you have given me. And I can't believe we just put the biggest crack in that glass ceiling yet. Late tonight, presidents of the past and a dramatic unveiling. Hillary Rodham Clinton addressing the Democratic National Convention floor via satellite in a historic triumph. If there are any little girls out there who stayed up late to watch, let me just say... I may become the first woman president, but one of you is next. The groundbreaking nomination, a poetic end to a hard-fought primary race. And I move that Hillary Clinton be selected as the nominee of the Democratic Party for president of the United States. In a ceremonial gesture, it was Bernie Sanders who moved to nominate Hillary Rodham Clinton unanimously by acclamation as the party's official nominee. Hillary Clinton tweeting one word, history. Earlier tonight, during roll call, Hillary's childhood friend and delegate, Betsy Eveling, tearing up as she cast votes for her home state of Illinois. This one's for you, Hill. 98 votes. Yes. Tell me about the historic moment, this idea that she could be the first female president of the United States. I'm still just, you know, absorbing that she's going to be the first female uh, nominee, but yeah, historic and necessary. <laughs>